Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by Spoken. Remember them? Essentially, Spoken is a system that lets you get English lessons direct to your phone through messaging apps, including WeChat, WhatsApp, Viber, Facebook Messenger, and Line. And with Spoken, you chat to your English instructor, and they send you different tasks that involve some reading, some listening, some writing, and some speaking using your phone's microphone. The tasks are adapted to your needs, and you can do those tasks whenever you want. And here's what the guys at Spoken are offering to you as part of this promotion. So you get a free 60-minute one-to-one private lesson with a trained native speaking instructor and a free assessment of your current English skills. Now, this free lesson is essentially a no-strings-attached free trial. You can check out the free trial, the one-hour lesson. You can check that out free and then just walk away if you want afterwards or if you choose to you can go ahead and buy a learning plan it's up to you and if you choose to buy a plan Luke's English podcast listeners get a 20% discount for the first month and that's for any plan at all all right so uh, a free 60 minute trial lesson with a free assessment of your English and then 20% off any learning plan if you choose to take one to get all of this go to getspoken.com/lep or click a spoken logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, 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 hello. How are you? Why is my voice doing this? I don't know. This is just the way that I've decided to start this episode. I didn't really even decide to start like that. This is just the way it has happened. Sometimes I just press record and start talking and I have to just keep going, even if it's weird, like this one. All right, fine. You don't mind, do you? No, Luke, it's fine. Okay, good. So here is the sixth and final part of this series about the Collins words of the year. And in this one, I'm still talking to my friend Amber, a friend of the podcast, one of the pod pals, as you know, about this list of words chosen by the Collins Dictionary team for 2018. These are words that were used a lot this year, probably because they reflect various issues which are big at the moment and which lots of people are talking about in the media, online and in normal life. Uh, Because obviously life in the media is not entirely normal life, is it? Anyway, these words were used a lot this year. Uh, interestingly, it seems that the issues of the moment are things like the environment, climate change, Brexit, identity politics, mental health, relationships, diet, lifestyle trends, technology, football, gender relations, race relations, and the latest dance craze. 
So these are the things that we're talking about in this series. I'm happy to be joined by Amber because it means that there are some unexpected funny moments, conversational tangents and general laughter. In this one, for example, we end up talking about obsessional bird watching, Marvel movies and what Scarlett Johansson is like in real life. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I will speak to you again on the other side. And I mean uh, on the other side of the recording, not like in the spirit world. Ooh, on the other side, like we're going to go through into another spiritual dimension. Obviously, we are going to go through to another spiritual dimension because that's what happens every time you listen to Luke's English podcast, right? You enter and you you, tr- you cross over into another dimension of sorts. What are you talking about? I don't know. Um, I'm just rambling, aren't I? I hope you enjoy our conversation. That's the point. And I'll speak to you again on the other side. So let's carry on with the next word from the words of the year list, which is plogging. Plogging. What's that then? What's plogging? Well, listen on and you will find out. The next word is plogging. Plogging. Did you know about plogging? I did, yeah. What is plogging? It's running. It's Swedish, isn't it? Uh, it sounds a bit Swedish. I mean, they how do, do it pr- in Sweden. How do they pronounce it in Sweden? Plugging, plug, plugging, plugging, plugging. I don't think it's Swedish. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I think, think they it do is, it. It is. They do it in Sweden. It is. It's, but an ing ending is not a Swedish no, word. But I, t- I tell you what. Okay, so it's a noun. It, it's a recreational activity which originated in Sweden. Yes, sir. Uh, and it combines jogging with picking up litter. Yes. So you go jogging, jog, jogging, jogging, and then you pick up litter while you go jogging. Yeah. And it comes from the Swedish word. <laughs> Plocker, which I probably mispronounced. Plocker. 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 I don't know how to, how to pronounce it. No, we don't. Anyway, any Swedish people, you can, you know, comment and tell us how to actually say it. Yeah. It comes from the Swedish word plocker, which means to pick. Yeah. And then jogging. So plocker plus jogging, plogging. Yes. Uh... P-L-O-G-G-I-N-G. Okay, so we get the idea. You go jogging and while you're jogging, you pick up litter that you see uh, on the floor as you go. Litter, of course, is rubbish that people have thrown on the floor or dropped on the floor. I can't stand litter. Me neither. I really hate it. Do you know who really hates it? No. David Sedaris. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, David Sedaris, the, the writer. But I feel people drop litter a lot less. You, you know, mean? I feel like there, there was this, like, awareness campaign. Because if you watch Mad Men, you know, that series which is set in the 50s, there's this scene in it where they have a picnic and after their picnic, they just throw all their litter on the floor and they go. And the 1950s and 60s, it was like that. Do you remember when you were little, like the litter bug and there was advertising campaigns like raising awareness, don't drop litter. Mm -hmm. And it became a thing. You don't drop litter. People still do, but it is frowned on in Britain. Right. Yes. So the idea of that it's bad to drop litter is a relatively new concept in, you know, like in yeah. the last few decades. That before that, people would be just dropping litter. And no problem. No, really? Yes. Okay. But I feel like there's more litter now than there used to be. That's a kind of, I don't know if that's just my gammon side coming through. Of like, it's not as good as it used to be. You know, I feel like there's more litter going on now. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Nico, he went to... Uh, he travels a lot and he says in some countries litter is just not a concept. Yeah, Japan. Well, I mean, they don't have litter. No. But he was talking about India and, and oh, by that litter, oh. it, it doesn't matter. Oh, you mean in, in, in India 
uh, they just drop litter on the floor and no one minds, no one cares. It's just exactly. stuff that's on the floor, yeah. Whereas in Japan, it's like the opposite thing where it's just mm. like you do not drop stuff on the floor. Even if you're smoking a cigarette, you have your own little personal ashtray, which you have in your pocket. And you, you open the ashtray. If you're standing outside your office, you open the ashtray and you tap the ash into the little ashtray that I you hold. I wish that was like that here and in then, France. And then you put your cigarette out uh, very discreetly, maybe on the underside of the special part of the ashtray, and then you drop the cigarette butt into the ashtray and you close it and you put it back in your pocket. The cigarette, no ash goes on the floor. The cigarette butt does not end up on the floor. Sometimes, I mean, there are some cases where people do tap their ash on the floor in Japan, of course, but it's a it's a phenomenon in Japan, the, the little portable ashtray, well, which in, in the UK, they've never seen that. Certainly not in Paris, where people are throwing cigarettes everywhere. Well, apparently in the UK, they're getting very strict because a friend of mine said he, he threw his butt on the floor and was charged 50 quid oh yeah really Find. yes oh, well, good. i support it yeah. um well yeah there's a lot of litter there is a lot people should pick it up i go jogging mm-hmm. i've just started have you just started jogging couch to 5k what i went this morning what's couch to 5k it's an app you can get it and you mm-hmm. and the idea is you go from your couch although i'd call it sofa yeah um to running being able to run 5k five kilometers five kilometers and you build up slowly very slowly <laughs> Okay. Which is just as well. When did you start? Three runs ago, this week. And so, first run, how long? Well, it's a th- each run is 30 minutes, but you start with a five-minute walk, warm-up walk, and then yeah. you run for a minute and walk for a minute and a half. And then you run for a minute. So, <laughs> in right. total, you run about eight minutes. But you're easing yourself into it. Yes. And so, eventually, you'll be running five kilometres. Without stopping. That's without stopping. the idea. And so, how, how did it feel, the, the, the first the walk for a minute, run for a little bit, The walk first for a run bit? felt easy, and mm. then the second one also felt easy. But then I didn't do, as they told me to, the stretching. And I did. It was really achy, even though I'd only run for six minutes. You've got to stretch. You've got to warm up. You've got to warm down as well. And then I did one this morning, and it was a bit challenging. How uh, uh, 30 minutes, but do you know what kind of distance you ran? Does the app tell you? Yes, the app does tell me. I think I ran about two and a half kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you running in Paris? Park Molso. Ah, with all the other runners. Yes. Park Molso. And I'm a bit embarrassed because I'm walking for the majority of my run. Yeah. I just put my headphones on and listen to a podcast. Okay. All right, cool. So you're jogging. That's great. I have to get the metro to the park you take the metro to the <laughs> jogging area you yes. jog around this crowded park full of joggers and then you get the metro home again yes <laughs> <laughs> why don't you jog home because too um, far. it's too far yeah and it's not pleasant i did jog around the streets and it wasn't nice and there's lots of children you've got to stop for all the cars and yeah. then it ruins your app if you're only running for a minute i can't even walk down the street in paris I mean, there's too many people it's too crowded and the reason i wanted to jog was to see a little bit of nature there's yeah. not much in Paris and it's so beautiful. The trees and the leaves all still autumn-y. So mm. if you jog around the city, it's ugly. I mean, the city's beautiful, but it's not that same pleasure. It's, it's a bit dangerous and annoying. You're constantly having to get out of people's way. You're jogging into exactly. the road where there are cars and stuff. And uh, yeah, but the, yeah, Parc Monceau is a very pretty place as well. So yeah. it must be nice to, to jog. So the, it wasn't too crowded? No, no, no. In the morning is fine because I okay. go in the week. On yeah. the weekend, it's a... Different story. It's the highway, jogger's highway. I see. So you're jogging. So did you pick up any litter when you were jogging? I didn't blog because Park Monceau is very clean, but I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. My dad is, uh, my dad picks up litter all the time. Pretty much every day he goes off for a walk. Good for him. He walks down the road into the park. He walks around the park. He does Mm. his bird watching. 
So he keeps a See. day. He keeps a daily count of the What's birds. What's called? Are they a twitch? No, not a twitcher. A twitcher. No, he's he's a birder, a, oh, a okay. bird watcher. What's the difference between a, a twitcher? A and twitcher is someone who is obsessive about bird watching. Oh, so it's, it's just the next level. It's the next level. Like my uncle is a twitcher. And my uncle is a, is one of the best bird watchers in the country. Yeah, I know that sounds ridiculous to some people, but in <laughs> no. the UK, but it's it, bird watching is really great. It's really it's a really nice thing to do. I would love to yeah. do it. Birds are beautiful. They are when you when you really take the time to watch them and look at them and observe their behaviour and start to identify the differences between them, and you spend some nice time sitting quietly watching birds at a bird reserve or something or just in some nice natural spot uh, birds are really really beautiful things and uh, and they their behavior the way they beha- you know the yeah. and and the way they move and the way they they fly they they can be very uh, aesthetically pleasing did you ever see the the starlings on brighton pier yeah Starlings when when starling these starlings are like little black birds. They're actually not black. They've got beautiful shiny plumage when you look at them in the light. But starlings are let's say little black birds, and they they fly together at certain times of year in huge groups, and you get these massive clouds of starlings flying together in groups. And they, they, they're roosting. They kind of uh, land in the trees, and then together they all take off at the same time, and you get these swirling, incredible clouds of starlings all flying there's thousands of them in these Mm. clouds and and it's absolutely incredible natural spectacle when they're all flying together they're like fish they look like a sort of school of fish you know they move just like fish exactly it's it's absolutely incredible yeah so there were starlings in brighton yeah and then every evening at the end of the pier just at certain times certain times of year right yeah yeah yeah. gorgeous incredible Yeah, yeah yeah um so but yeah bird watching my dad is a birder and he likes to he takes his binoculars and he goes to places where you can go birding. So he goes to like local bird reserves, which are like areas like reservoirs, maybe where there's like water and maybe some, some, some reed beds and and things like that. And you can walk around and visit these hides. A hide is like a little wooden hut, which has been designed so that you can quietly observe the birds without disturbing them. And so you go into the hide and it's very quiet Mm. and it's like got that nice wood smell and you open up the flap of the hide revealing the view of this this stretch of water um, and with reed beds and stuff and there are there are loads of birds just you know uh, walking around flying around feeding and you know and doing whatever it is they do and you sit there and you get your binoculars and you scan from left to right or right to left and you just you know start to notice all the different birds that you see and you and you you can if you're very observant you can spot some quite rare ones mm. and quite beautiful ones even in England which is not a, like a tropical place where you get these extraordinary parrots and 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 other birds like that but our bird life is very very rich in 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 england in the uk because we get a lot of migratory birds that travel you know from one part of the world to the other and they often settle in in the uk because of its geographical location so it's it's a really interesting thing to do so that's birding but uh, being a twitcher that's where you take it to the next level. So my uncle, he doesn't do it so much anymore, but there was a period where he was like twitching a lot. And twitching, I mean, it, the, the, the word, uh, it, the, the name makes sense because you can imagine someone sort of twitching because they're nervous. So it's like, so my uncle would, ha- he used to have a pager. This is before the days of mobile yes. phones. This is the 90s. This is back in the early 90s. He had a pager, which is like a little thing that buzzed. And he'd, he'd have it in his pocket or he'd strap it to his belt. 
He's a he's a carpenter, so he he would be doing carpentry jobs and That's things cool. like that. Yeah, he's brilliant, brilliant sk- skills. He built my bedroom when I was wow. growing up. This is your uncle, my your uncle, dad's my my mum's brother. Your mum's brother. Yeah, he he's been on the podcast. He 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 talked about how he once met Paul McCartney. He bumped what? into Paul McCartney in a shop, and he just said, "Hey, Paul." And Paul was like, all right. And they had a little chat. <laughs> That's amazing. They, they chatted about birds. He does seem like a nice person. Paul. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think he's, he's, he's all right. <clears throat> but um, anyway, so my uncle, yeah, he used to have a pager. And so he'd be doing his work or just sort of having lunch or whatever. And sometimes he'd come over on a Sunday and he'd have lunch with us <clears throat> and, his, and his wife and my auntie. And he'd have the pager and the pager would go bzzz, bzzz, and he'd look at it and he'd be like, oh, God. And it would be some message saying some, you know, lesser spotted uh, thrush has been spotted, uh, has been, you know, there's a, there's a, some rare bird up in Scotland Mm. and here's where it is. And he'll be like, then he'll start twitching. Not, I mean, he wouldn't actually facial, he wouldn't physically twitch. Because he wanted to go see it. Because he'd be like, in his mind, he's going, can I feasibly leave this lunch? And get in the get car and drive at high speed to Scotland in order to stand in a field with a bunch of other twitchers and see this bird. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even photograph it if it's possible, mm. but certainly get views of it and then tick it off a list mm. so that you've got an ever growing list of birds that you've seen. And he would. There were time, There were days when he would jump in the car and he would drive dangerously to go somewhere to see the bird. I mean, I always thought it was... I, you know, obviously the driving quickly is not a great idea, but but I always found it kind of cool that he would go off to these like rugged locations mm. and and spot these rare birds. And he would tell us about his adventures. You know, he would talk about experiences he'd had. And, you know, he got himself in some funny situations driving in the night and sort of trying to find this field with this bird in it. And, yes. and the other twitchers that he would meet and stuff. I think it's nice. I mean, it's nice to have any sort of, commute i don't know some connection to nature yeah, yeah. but it can go too far it sounds yeah. sounds it's like a bit obsessive got a bit it's when it gets into that list ticking yeah it's not just for the pleasure of being in nature it's more like a mm. but whatever but my uncle's one of those people who's like uh you know he has he's in those record lists of of uh you know birds that very rare birds that have been identified in england and he was like you know this bird identified by you know nick hallam so he's kind of like a recognised... Um, he's a top twitcher. He's a top twitcher, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I was saying my right. dad is a bird. So he goes for these walks in the park every day and he, he takes he makes his bird list of the birds he's seen in the park. Mm-hmm. And often there are some really, you know, nice birds that most people just wouldn't notice. He actually does guided tours of the park these days. Really? Bird, bird, walk, bird walks. Bird tours? Yeah, where he tours, walks around and he shows people the birds. And, and also it... it they listen for the songs, mm-hmm. the bird songs as well. So my dad can walk through the park and he'd be like, "Oh, there's a, there's a, 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 a red start, or there is a, um, you know, some quite rare birds. Like there's a, a nuthatch or whatever." I'd love to know more about birds. Yeah, a, but, but, but I was saying that while he's walking, he also picks up all the litter that he finds. Yes, and that's he, great. And he comes back with you know plastic bags full of litter, which he throws away and. And stuff, and he doesn't use gloves though, which is the thing that that we all think. Like, Dad, you should put gloves on when you do that. Maybe for Christmas, get you could some... get him at one of the litter pickers. 
you know, yeah. a little, a little um, grabber. Like those, those, those like teeth, those like little grabber thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he, he doesn't want to make a big show of it. So he's quite happy to just bend down and pick them up. Is but it maybe, so disgusting? I don't know, really. I don't, I mean, know. I don't know. If he's got no open wounds on his hands. He I mean, washes his hands at the end. Yeah, it's fine. Is it really? He's fine. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not picking up syringes or biohazard. He's just picking not. up crisp packets. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that was plogging and well, good pe- on to your dad and, and picking up litter. Um, we're we're both looking at the clock here. Yes, we've got we've got one, two, three, oh, three more words. Three left. more words. Let's come on. Let's finish let's go, the job. Let's finish, let's the, finish job. the job. And the then next, lunch. The, yeah, and then lunch. Okay. Uh, the next word is var or v a r. The it's an abbreviation and it means video assistant referee. So yeah. Amber, did you watch the World Cup this year at all? A bit. Yeah. Yeah. I made a video about it. Oh, you did? With Sarah. Yeah, you made uh, one of your videos. What? I watched some of it. Nico didn't watch any. Your husband? He doesn't care about he's, football He's not a football at fan. all. But you watched some of yeah, the games. Yeah, yeah, and I watched the final, of course. Yeah, because it was France that won. Yes. And so we, we couldn't really avoid it here, I guess. Uh, did, are you? Do you follow football? Are you interested? No. No? No, it's just, it's overpaid nonsense. I mm-hmm. mean, it's nice football, interesting, you know, communities, blah. Um, there's something interesting there, but I don't know, it's a lot of money. I mean, I don't care about sport. It's I'm not bit, sporty. It's, it's very, very big business now, which I have to say does turn me off a bit. I love the game. I absolutely adore the game of football mm. and all the other stuff. If you forget about all the other stuff, all the money that's involved in it, the overpaid prima donnas, yeah. Neymar rolling along the ground. Mm-hmm. If you just forget about all those other things and just focus on the game and the way it's played, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's it really is a beautiful game when it and it, it's it, a great game. It brings brings people together and you know and just it's exciting to watch. It's just there's something about the fact that you can't use your hands mm. and they've got to kick the ball. I mean, it's skillful, really skillful. It yeah. is it, it is compelling. And there are moments when it's so cool, like mm. like certain goals when certain like long range goals are scored sure. and stuff. And it's like wow, the drama. So does the video, because in a way, part of it, these referees, the video assisted referee. Yeah. So that's what VAR, it's basically video assistant referee. And it's a new system that was brought in this year in the World Cup. I think it's probably when it was first properly used in the World Cup. And it's a system where um, if the referee on the pitch wants to, he can request a second opinion from the video assistant referee. And it, there's there's several aspects to it. One aspect is that there's a screen on the side mm. of the pitch. The referee can run over and have a look at the replay on the screen. And the other thing is that there's a group of people in a room who have lots of screens and they're reviewing the, the replay footage. And then they're speaking to the referee through a microphone and giving their decision. And then the mm. referee ultimately, I think, makes the final decision on, on it. What so you, that, that's the whole system. And what yeah. do you think about it? Um... <laughs> Hmm. Um, it's like the question is has it been a success does is it helping the game Mm. and it's kind of like yes and no yeah basically so it works well in some instances and in other instances it's kind of the same thing really so in the instances it works well is when it's a black or white decision for example Mm. did the ball cross the line and if the referee didn't quite see it and var will tell you if the ball crossed the line or not yeah or it will tell you was the guy offside or not you know, and if it's cut and dry, black mm-hmm. and white, VAR will give you the answer. Okay. But then if there's any interpretation involved, like, for example, if it's a handball situation and you're trying to work out, was that intentional or was that accidental handball? VAR just doesn't necessarily solve the problem. And it's still just people interpreting events. And VAR can can even 
and like because you're you're watching slowed down footage, mm-hmm. and when slow motion can make it look like someone is intentionally touching the ball when in real normal speed it's obviously just an accident so so var can kind of twist things a little bit i think because there's so much money involved people want it to be fair yeah but then part of me i mean i'm not into football but then sometimes some of the great moments of football Mm -hmm. could never have happened with var like maradona the hand of God. Yeah. Yeah, true. But I mean, I know that we, that was against, I mean, I know it's contentious, yeah. but part of it is brilliant. Yeah. Part of it makes it sort of like yeah. funny because you've got away with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, the referee, he didn't see. And that's how it goes. Like it's tricks. It's tricky. It's kind of a game we're playing mm-hmm. and the stakes are so high now with all the money. Like if you pull one over on the referee, it's serious business now. You know, people are going to lose their careers or whatever. It takes away a little bit from the like, well, he didn't see. We got away with it. Right. The Naughtiness sim- of the it. The simplicity of basically the referee on the pitch is the one who makes the decision and it's simple. Mm. And that kind of, yeah. That's just, He's teacher. But now with VAR, it complicates things. Yeah. And also the other thing is that there is, a, there is now a committee of people in a room <sighs> and you don't necessarily know who all those people are. Mm. You know, maybe someone's, someone else has got access to that room. There was a joke during the World Cup that was in Russia, that mm. VAR meant Vladimir assisted referee, <laughs> you know, which is just a stupid joke because I, I don't know if, you know, I don't think that, that I don't seriously think that uh, there was any question of like uh, involvement of no. corruption in the VAR room. But, you know. But we see what they mean. Yeah, we see what they mean, which is the idea that there is a committee of people who are whispering in the referee's ear. Mm. No, 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 it wasn't a handball. Or like, yeah, that was a goal. Or no, no, you know, no, it wasn't offside. And it just sort of starts to make it slightly more open to, to uh, mm. what's the word I'm looking for? Corruption. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, yeah. It has changed the game a little bit. The World Cup this year was the, it, it, it was the, the World Cup with the highest number of penalties ever mm. because it meant that, uh, you know, we any infraction in the penalty box was noticed. Yeah. And so a penalty was given. So now we've got more penalties in the World Cup. And that's the whole point. I kind of like, I mean, I don't like people punching balls into goals and winning against Punch, England. With their hands. <laughs> with their hands. No, cheating is bad. Yeah. Cheating is bad, but playing is good. Yeah. And... I mean, the main thing really is it's changed the game a bit. And obviously that in some ways oh. that's going to be good. And Maybe in we're some gammons. Ways... Look at us. Yeah. We don't want it to change. We don't want football to change. <laughs> Keep football, football. Um, so anyway. Okay. All right anyway, then. Next word is next ve- vegan, which is not a new word, of course. It, vegan, the word vegan has been around for a long time, but the point is it's been used a lot this year. Yes. Veganism uh, is really back in a big way. So a vegan is a person who refrains from using any animal product for food, clothing, or any other purpose. So it's not just about diet and food, but it's just that a vegan basically decides no animal products at all. What are some of the things included that, what are some of the things that vegans refuse to use? Just give me a list of some things. What, in food or? Well, all of it. Um, food. Less, there's food. Obviously, they don't eat meat. Yeah. They don't eat fish. They don't wear leather. They don't wear leather products. Yeah. Um, and they don't eat um, food that comes from animals, like no eggs, no dairy, no butter, milk, cheese. People can take it quite far because apparently avocados are not vegan. What? Yes. How? Uh, How is because, it av- I know, because um, apparently to pollinate the avocado trees, they exploit bees. Do they exploit bees? They exploit them. How do they exploit the bees? They, apparently they, they truck the bees around, bringing the bees in artificially and using them. 
It's contentious. Okay. Honey, obviously. So now we're in a grey area. You know, there's just... All the, 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 Recently, the, someone the, was saying veganism is no longer... They were sort of putting forward a case to say that veganism is not just about the food. It's a, it's like a way of life, like a religion. You know, it's a belief system. Right. It's a dogma. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a dogma, isn't it? I think there's a lot to be said for vegans. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And I what think... Do you mean, wait, 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 what do you mean by that expression? There's a lot to be said for vegans. What do you mean by that? Well, it's a sort of positive way of saying, you know, it's I agree with it. I yeah. think that, that it's interesting. I think they, they've are, got a lot going for there it. There are lots of good things to say about, about vegans. Yeah. yeah and I, I think, think it's... it's it, I think, yeah, sorry, I'll let you talk. No, well, just, I mean, I think it's something you could really aspire to. I mean, I just think ethically, you know, animals, there's, you know, why should we eat them? We don't need to. Um, and for the environment, as a big bigger part of it um i mean certainly everything to do with the dairy industry is so ugly mm. so sad the way the animals are treated just disgusting like just the fact that you know we get milk from cows and so cows just become these like milk production units just the level of abuse and it's just it is awful and i think veganism there's a lot to be said so i think that's something that you know i i would like to be yeah. but it is a hard lifestyle change and definitely i mean i wear leather and mm. i'm wearing a leather jacket tonight i mean like there's so much to be but yeah i mean i agree with it i support those vegans i, I can't really think of many reasons why many arguments against vegans there's none they're all, the your only, only argument is like they're annoying that's the only thing but that even that is wrong to say well the only thing you can say is like i like meat i just enjoy yeah. it it's tasty it's not an argument I think vegans are right, essentially. Yeah, I think so too. And I but think- that, like, I know someone who 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 gets irritated by vegans. He's wrong, but he does, and he finds them annoying and preachy. That's the thing. Are there, I think because it's becoming more mainstream, I think vegans are less preachy. I think mm. when it used to be such an out outlier, you know, like people, it seemed so strange. Yeah, they maybe were a bit preachy, but I think people, are, I think younger people are becoming yeah. more and more vegan and it's more and more normal do you think it's i mean you know one of the things that people say about veganism is that it's it doesn't give you the balance that you need in a diet that it that you you don't get all of the nutrition and vitamins and stuff that you need is that true do you think no of course not i mean because you can of course have supplements but i mean a balanced diet is something many people don't have uh across the world i mean look at you can be quite fat from eating mcdonald's and cakes and you're not getting a balanced diet eating Mm. meat doesn't give you a balanced diet eating a balanced diet does some people say that meat uh is a an essential source of certain vitamins and nutrients that's what some people say. I've had this conversation with people before and I've heard that opinion being expressed that you need meat. It's the best form of protein or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure of the argument exactly, but... Sure. I mean, it's not true though. So... It's not? Well, I mean, look at India. Loads well, of vegetarians. Yeah. Are they, they're, they're all right, aren't they? They're fine. There's loads of them. The thing is, <laughs> the, we, I don't know. Like, what is a balanced diet? We don't know. Like, we're not really taught about nutrients and healthy eating and balancing our food. So, sure, meat is really handy for protein and iron and all the rest of it. There's plenty of other food. You can get all that stuff from other things. Yeah, exactly. Having a balanced diet is about eating balanced food. Like, if you eat meat, you know, steak and chips every day, Mm -hmm. not a balanced diet. True. It's just steak and chips. Well, you've got the steak and you've got the chips. And if you get enough chips, it kind of balances the steak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you put steak on one side 
and you get loads of chips and put them on the other side, it kind of balances out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. By weight. By only, weight. Only by weight, not by nutritional content. But this is it. So if you took the time to like cook and make food, yeah. you could, you know, learn a little bit. Yeah. Balance it right. up. That's right. Uh, do you know any good vegan places that you eat, where you eat here? There's, there's, there's one nearby. Yeah, there's one around the corner from yeah, here. It's is. delicious. Yeah, I went there the other day with What's my wife. What's it called? Sonat. Sonat. Yeah, oh, it's that's lovely. Right. It's like a canteen, but mm. it's like a hipster canteen. And yeah, it's all vegan. And we went there the other day and I had a bowl of, I don't know what. Delicious I don't remember, but brains. it was really good. There was like stuff that was a bit like meatballs. Yeah. And that was amazing. And yeah, no, I actually find vegan restaurants really tasty and delicious. We went to one in the States and I had a burger, mm. a vegan burger. And honestly, it was one of the best burgers I've had for ages. And mm. I'm not just saying that. Like, it's true. Because, you know, I'll have burgers sometimes. I always think, yeah, I'll have a burger. Yeah, 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 mm. lovely burger. And then when I eat burgers, I'm always disappointed by burgers. Yeah. Normal burgers. Because they fall apart in your hands. Mm. You get covered in sauce and it's disgusting. Mm. And the burger stuff, it's not even that tasty. It's just like an inconvenience to eat. Yes, like, too big. Just like, you end up with stuff falling everywhere. It all falls out the back of the burger. And yeah. It's, the concept is, like, better than the actual experience of eating it. But mm. anyway, so... This vegan burger was genuinely one of the tastiest burgers I've had for ages. And there was mushroom in it. Yeah. It was like mushroom and summer. I don't even know what all the stuff was. I don't know how they made it taste so good. It was fucking delicious. It's true. I mean, I like meat. Delicious. Yeah, and, me too. And dairy products as well. Yeah. But I mean, I would agree. And you can get some delicious food. But I mean, I think there's lots of us which are missing vitamins like they say that most people are vitamin b12 deficient yeah, yeah no, vitamin my, d my doctor prescribed me some vitamins the other day because I, I haven't been i haven't been well yeah. i'm feeling great feel much better now feel totally great totally great um but uh feeling a lot better now but my doctor was like take some vitamins are so i've sure? got i've got a, a little pot of vitamins downstairs that i'm taking as supplements yeah so yeah i i eat meat but apparently i haven't been getting the the right balance of nutrients in my diet exactly we could all improve but are you going to go vegan, though? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Neither am I. I know it's bad, isn't it? No, it's not bad. No? Uh, no, of course not. I mean, it's like you slowly move towards things you believe in. Right. Um, within, I don't know. But I mean, I think the thing is, I find too much of anything a bit too much. Like at home, I basically make vegan food when I go out. Yeah fancy a bit of magre de canard i will eat it mm -hmm. but then slowly slowly you might start changing yeah. it's like alcohol yeah i'm trying to stop drinking i haven't drunk alcohol since i think the 11th nearly a month what because i got ill because i got i caught like some virus and it made me feel terrible yeah and like just absolutely did not want to drink any booze like, you know, my parents were here and my dad had the wine going and I was like, no, I just really don't, don't want anything. It. And then I, and, and, and I, I was ill for a while because it kept coming back because I was tired. Yeah. And so it's just like, no, I do not want to drink any alcohol. I just want to get better. If I drink alcohol, it's going to make me feel terrible. Yeah. I'm just tired. I don't want booze. Just give me some juice or something or a cup of tea. And so no booze, no booze, no booze. And and I've managed to keep it up. And I'm uh, like, the other day I walked past the pub and I was like, oh, a nice pint would be good. But I'm trying to keep it going as long as I can, all the way until Christmas, I hope. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
and it's good. I feel good. I've lost weight. Yes. I've, I really feel like I've slimmed down a bit. Just like cutting beer out of my diet, just it's it's just trimmed me up nicely. Changes I, everything. Yeah, I feel I feel a lot better. I read this great book, a really good book called This Naked Mind. And uh-huh. it's about controlling alcohol and really questioning why we drink alcohol and how we drink alcohol and how alcohol is seen in the society. And it's this woman who was had this high-powered career and she kind of was drinking too much. And she really, she worked in advertising. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating. It's so interesting. And I've really stopped drinking a lot. Okay. But I still do well, it. There you go. So, okay. you know, we, we slowly make changes to our, our, our lifestyle. Yes, bit we're by trying. Bit. Yeah. Um, and then this is the, this is the, final, the final word, word. in the list. Okay. And it is whitewash mm-hmm. uh, it's a verb to whitewash uh, a verb and it means it's we're talking about films movies and tv shows and things like that now yep. uh, whitewashing is something that is used in reference to things like that so it's a verb and it means to cast a white actor in the role of a character from a minority ethnic group or to produce uh, a film or play using white actors to play characters from a minority ethnic group. So, God, more politics and more mm. complex, uh, contentious issues. So, right, you get the idea of whitewashing. It's when they, let's say it's a movie where the character is uh, from an ethnic group, like they say a minority ethnic group, which is interesting because, I mean, one example of this is from the movie Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know about it? Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, it's a, a Marvel movie, one of the big Marvel movies in the mm-hmm. franchise. And there's a character in it called uh, the, um, oh, damn, what's the name of the character? The Ancient One. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bit like The Matrix. You know, like I've seen it. You've seen Doctor Strange? Yeah. Okay, so The Ancient One is, I haven't actually seen it. I've seen it. Uh, the Ancient One is like this kind of like uh, old kind of Kung Fu master type character, right? Yes. And in the comics... The ancient one, I think, is Asian. I don't know specifically what kind of Asian. Yes. Like Chinese, maybe. Yes. Okay. Now, that's not a minority ethnic group, is it? Chinese in the world? No. So, it's interesting already that it's defined as being... a. I mean, I, I, I understand the concept of the term, but mm. it's just funny that they say they define Chinese as a, a minority ethnic group when there are more Chinese people than other people, but... Anyway, 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 that's a side point. But we get the idea of like, in that movie, Doctor Strange, they cast a, a white actress, Tilda Swinton, yeah. to play the role of a character who in the canon, in the comic books, is actually of a different race. Mm-hmm. Okay, And in America, where the film was made, sure, Chinese people are a minority. Uh, a minority. So that's why I guess they're using the word minority ethnic group. Okay, So that's one example of Tilda Swinton being cast uh, a white actress, white actor, being cast um, in a role for that was originally for a, a Chinese or Asian person. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Pete, some people get annoyed by this. Some people disagree with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, Can you think of any other examples? Um, I, I mean, that was the one which really, which I'd thought about before because that, mm-hmm. that caused quite a big drama. Yeah. I personally thought that casting Tilda Swinton was a great idea. Why? In that movie. Why is that? Because in some ways that, we expected it to be an old Asian man. Uh-huh. And by casting this sort of, she's quite an androgynous figure. Yeah. She's quite an unusual woman yeah. physically. And by having a white woman in a way felt less. Was that just because it's a woman in a man's role? 
maybe, but also like we expected to see this sort of like Asian sage, you know, and that almost feels a little bit reductive. Oh, you mean you mean that Asian character is a kind of stereotype already? Yes. Yeah. I think the problem for me is that there's not enough ethnic ethnic characters. We expect the norm is white man or yeah. white woman. Yeah. And then occasionally there'll be token characters who are non-white. The problem is that why are these characters white to begin with? Reason, recently, there was this big drama because in the stage version of Harry Potter, the actress that they cast to be Hermione is black. Yeah. And there was this big drama, why is she black? But in the books, they never, and J.K. Rowling said, there's no mention of her ethnicity. Yeah. She could have always been black. Why was the original characters all white. Why do we assume that Hermione was white when it's never mentioned in the book? Exactly. Why do we start from a place of whiteness yeah. and then anything which is different is, is you know, an exception? So I think there should be more ethnic minorities, to use that word, you know, people of colour in movies, but just... Why do we assume everyone is white? So in this role, like whitewashing, it's a shame. Like why take these few roles for ethnic minorities and make them white? Yes, right. I agree. Yeah. In that film specifically, I actually thought it was really nicely done, but that's just my opinion. But globally, why are there so few? Why is a romantic lead white and her kooky sidekick occasionally a woman of colour? Why, yeah. why are these and why are films with black actors niche? Why are they? Why are films with black actors just about blackness? Exactly. Why is race such a sort of central figure? So I think that this is something that, and but being aware of whitewashing is important to then perhaps take us to that space. I think also in Doctor Strange to kind of let's say defend them, I guess, mm. against this 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 criticism. And not that we need to do that because they're Marvel. I mean, they're all right, aren't they? They're fine. Yeah, but, um, they don't need us. But. Um, in the film, there was a, a black actor playing a part that I think wasn't black in the comics. Sure. So they they just stuck a black actor in because he's a good actor. I mean, probably. Exactly. He's, he's a good actor and it was a good decision because it's like, yeah, bring... What was his name? Oh, oh no, I can't remember his I know, name. I can't remember. Uh, it's a difficult name to pronounce. He was in uh, 12 Years a Slave... Um, you know the actor? I mean, I know the actor, but I'm terrible at names. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it out. This is terrible. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I mean, I would not have got that. I, I knew his surname, Ejiofor, but I just couldn't get the first name. So anyway, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Where's that name from? That's a great name. I don't know. Let's find out. Let's have a little little look at Chiwetel Ejiofor. I think he's British, but I don't know. Maybe his parents... Sure, are... maybe he's British, but that name sort of sounds Nationality, African. Nigerian and British and English. Nigerian. Uh, he's, he's British, but I guess his parents are from Nigeria. Yeah. So I think this must be a Nigerian name. We've got a lot of uh, Nigerian... Uh, sort of families uh, settled in the UK. Yeah. Um, so he's from the kind of Nigerian Nigerian background. Um, so yeah, they cast him as an as a character who I think in the comics was white. Mm. And like like no one was really complaining about that one. So it's uh, swings and roundabouts. It's complicated. But there is not enough diversity in movies. I mean, this yeah. even comes down to, you know, People, like women, people of colour, people with disability, neuro, you know, lead different. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's much, there's more more needed. And maybe the issue here in terms of the movies is it's, as much as it being about whitewashing, it's also just about like, why do they always just cast the same handful of actors in everything? Like, like, you know, the, the Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah. which is like a famous Japanese uh, yeah. manga anime. They cast Scarlett Johansson as the... Scarlett Johansson is actually how you pronounce it. They cast Scarlett Johansson in the lead role 
And uh, a lot of people were like, this is whitewashing. She should mm. be a Japanese character, which is maybe they got a point. But also it's kind of like, why does Scarlett Johansson have to be in everything? I mean, she's all right. I quite like watching her, but... Um, she's okay, but she's sort of vacuous and awful. Didn't she start a popcorn? I've turned against her. Yeah, really? Because she started this popcorn business. Popcorn business. Yes. She? What's, and what's wrong with popcorn? Nothing, but they were launching it in the gymnas, that big theatre in Paris. Yeah. And, and Sebastian Marks, our friend friend of the podcast yeah. um was helping he was somehow translating and apparently she was awful really yes what just not a very nice person not nice and it was all big drama and she was a big pain in the bottom oh really oh so she's dead to me she's dead to you now <laughs> johnny depp was 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 um cast in the uh lone ranger as um what's what was the guy's name what's the character's tonto? name is it tonto that feels wrong, doesn't it? I don't want to get it wrong because feels... I feel like I don't want to use the name of the horse by mistake and get it all horribly wrong. And then all the horse, the horse community will be angry with me. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. Uh, come on. Oh, yeah. Like Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. Uh, well, I mean, these I do they, think. Why don't they choose a, a, a Persian actor? Agreed. Uh, Persian. Can... Iranian. Iranian. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, but I would agree. Like, why didn't they? Why did they choose these? Because they're famous actors and they think they've got more money. With Tilda Swinton specifically, I think she was a great choice. But Johnny Depp, he's never a good choice. He's gone wrong. Oh, he's gone so wrong. Yeah, he's gone wrong. But there was a time when Johnny Depp was just brilliant and amazing. There was a time and it's gone. Yeah. It's it's, it's very far away. Urban, our friend, he's got quite a funny joke about Johnny Depp's new um, video, his new advert. Oh, that bloody advert for Sauvage. Yeah. Which is, they, they've, they've been playing this advert on French TV and probably TV everywhere. <laughs> I've not seen it. But the, the, I mean, it's not a new, Amber, that's the thing. It's been on TV every flipping day for like two or three years. And it's basically Johnny Depp is driving a, uh, a muscle car, an American muscle car, yeah. across a desert highway. And he's looking into the distance and he says, I got to get away right and yeah. he drives off into the distance and he drives out into the desert and he he, he sort of does a big uh, skid in the car in the dust yeah and then he gets out of the car and he starts digging in the ground right with all the cactuses around and the sun's going down he digs into the sand and he sort of throws all his jewelry into the hole in the ground it's jack sparrow treasure he, he covers up the jewelry with the spade and then he stands there and looks at the sunset sauvage for arm and it's like Johnny Depp looking into the sunshine, into the oh, sunset. God. And they've they've been playing. They played that every bloody day, even during the whole scandal of like, did he did he hit his wife or not? He you did. know, like, and apparently he did. And uh, you know, and they they just kept throwing this advert down our throat with like Johnny Depp's in the news about you know him you know uh, allegedly hitting his wife and then on t- you know every advert break it's him going i gotta get away mm. and driving into the desert and burying something in the Sounds ground a bit like liam neeson but... <laughs> <laughs> I, no that's i gotta get away I yeah it, get does, away. it does sound like liam neeson <laughs> yeah like um well there's johnny depp going i gotta get away and then there's liam neeson going i will find you you know um so uh, i don't know so yeah. johnny depp played tonto in the long ra- uh, the lone ranger tonto is a native american character um, I mean, you know, I understand why they picked him because he's got he's Johnny Depp and he does that kind of he's Johnny that Depp, physical like, he does that physical stuff that he does and uh, I quite liked him in in Lone Ranger. I thought I enjoyed his performance. Sure, but, but you could have liked someone else. Yeah, and they could have picked, you know maybe they could have found a, a Native American actor to do it. Another point is that actually apparently Na- uh, Johnny Depp does have some Native American heritage. Careful. 
What? Careful, because that's the whole 23 and me oh, nonsense, oh, isn't it? Oh, okay, yeah. The, you know, the, like if we yeah, all, yeah. I mean, like I'm 0.1% per- black yeah. and I'm this percent that, the, so now I can't. The point there is that white people can become anything they want. Like if you've got like a little bit of Native American heritage, you can be Native American, whereas Native Americans can't just become white, can they? No. No. It doesn't matter how they, much percent. It, it only goes one direction. It doesn't matter if they've got 50%. Yeah, white. they're still Native American. It's yes. like Barack Obama. He's actually one white parent, one black parent, but he's black, right? The first black president. Yay! He's actually, you could also equally say he's white, but no, no. according to everyone, he's black. So this is about, you know, so we, you know, if you're white with a tiny percentage of this, you're somehow you get to choose your everything. Yeah. And which oh, is nonsense. God. You're not. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> oh my God. I've, I've, this is probably the sixth fifth or sixth part of this words of the year series i've done because i did the 2017 words as well and the whole thing has been a massive minefield of like me sort of creeping around trying trying not to trying to talk seriously about the issues and trying to yeah. you know like actually deal with the issues properly while also tiptoeing around the issues so i don't fall into a huge hole mm. in the ground and get swallowed but no one cares anyway. when it's interesting to see what what words chosen and so many of them are political because yeah. some years are Surely they're less political. Well, we talked about them in 2015 with Paul. Do you remember yeah. that? And it was stuff like binge watch and manspreading, which is kind of political and another thing. So, yeah, I think this particular time, these last two years have been particularly um, divisive. It's been a particularly divisive political time. Mm. And there's Brexit and all that stuff is very current at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, listeners. Happy now? <laughs> I am actually happy. I'm, I'm glad I got got through all of that because I've been meaning to talk about like the words of the year for 2017 for 12 months. And it's only now that I've managed to get around to doing it. So oh, it's nearly 2019. It's nearly 2019 now. But that's, you know, for me, it's been like my way of, in a way, summing up the last two years. Sure. And, and like dealing with vocab and topics at the same time. Good topics. Yeah. Interesting stuff. It's been a lot easier having you here to, to help me. I have to say, on your when I'm on my own, you get you get distracted. Get get you go down wormholes, go down rabbit holes and mm. wormholes, and get sucked into different alternate universes where suddenly I'm talking about subjects that I don't feel qualified to talk about. Yeah, and so, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got through it. Everything's, we did. Everything's okay. All right, so let's go and have lunch. Yeah, let's go have lunch. Starving. Me too. What should we eat? Meat. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll go to that vegan restaurant let's I go to know. the vegan restaurant okay all right, all right. okay thanks amber take care right then that's it the words of the year series is done we survived didn't we i think we survived did you survive you did good what about you hello hello That's me sort of slapping you around the face. Are you okay? Wake up. Wake up, man. Oh, it's okay. You were just asleep. Oh, sorry. You you survived as well. You were just napping. All right. Sorry about Sorry to slap you around. Sorry. 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 I don't know what's what's wrong with me. Just... Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'll let you go back to sleep now. All right. So anyway, we survived. We did. It was a bit tricky there in places throughout the series, as there were some controversial topics that can be difficult to talk about. 
without getting some people's backs up. To get someone's back up is sort of meaning to annoy them or to offend them or to make people, uh, you know, like to, do you know what I mean? To make people, uh, that's not that's not the different dictionary definition of to get someone's back up. If you check in the Collins Dictionary, to get someone's back up, this is a phrase which means to make people, uh, no, that's not how they define it. Oh, I'm going to have to look at the actual definition now. But it's basically when you annoy someone or kind of offend someone to get someone. Is this going to be in the dictionary? It's definitely a phrase. It's many words in this phrase, though. To get someone's back up. Okay, Collins. It means to annoy someone. Okay, or to make someone angry. Okay, fine. So, yeah, I think to make someone, uh, I think it's probably quite a good definition in the end then. So, anyway, it's a bit tricky to talk about some of those topics without getting some people's backs up. I'm sure I get I got some people's backs up at some points. But I think it was good to have Amber with me for the last two episodes. There was a bit more levity there, I think. Hmm, levity. Levity, that's a noun. It means humour or lack of seriousness especially in a serious situation. It's kind of like making things a bit lighter than they are. Levity is a good thing, I think, because personally, I don't like things to get too heavy and for people to disagree with me angrily. I just want everyone to like me and for everything to be okay and never to be challenged or disagreed with in any way and never to hear any other opinions other than my own and to live in a wonderful, magical kingdom where everyone agrees with me and we're all eating uh, candy floss and riding around on unicorns and uh, where everyone's happy all the time and everyone's the same and it's all perfect. This is the world I want to live in, he said jokingly. Obviously, I'd, uh, that's not reality. Anyway, um, it was it was nice to have Amber with me, and I think it provided a bit of much needed levity to some of those topics, which uh, could be a bit heavy and all that stuff. All right, good. We did it. We did it, people. We got through the words of the year. A lot of words of, uh, from the last couple of years. There, lots of things to deal with. So much language. There's, there are so many words, aren't there? There are. What I should do is do a premium episode where I can pick out lots of the other phrases that just came up while discussing those topics. That would be good, wouldn't it? It would. When are you going to do that, Luke? Uh, Whenever I get the time. There will be premium stuff coming every month. Okay. So what else do I have to tell you? At the beginning of uh, part four, that was episode three hundred. No, episode five hundred and sixty-four. At the beginning of that episode, do you remember? I mentioned the last-minute special stand-up comedy show I was doing with Paul Taylor at the Comedy Store in U- in the UK. Did you hear me mention that? I, I made it as a last-minute announcement. I said, "Any Lepsters in London, come down to the Comedy Store. I'm doing a, a stand-up show with Paul Taylor. He's filming." Uh, some scenes from his documentary TV series, Stereo Trip. They were doing an episode about uh, stereotypes of the UK and they filmed some stuff in London, including some stuff on stage with Paul. And uh, and I asked uh, some London Lepsters if they wanted to come down. It was a free show. Well, uh, that happened on Saturday and that was great. That was really good fun. 
and I met some lepsters, and uh, it was really good, basically. So the Comedy Store, that's where it happened. The Comedy Store is a stand-up comedy venue in Leicester Square. They've got one in Leicester Square, or just near Leicester Square in London, and another one in Manchester as well. And the Comedy Store is an amazing place. It's my favourite stand-up comedy venue. And it's it was very special for me to be able to do a show there. I was on stage for about half an hour, uh, basically kind of like entertaining Paul's audience before he then came on, did a bit of filming using the venue as his you know set and with an audience he filmed some stuff with himself on stage and then he did about half an hour of his um stand-up material uh, so the audience got like a about an hour of free stand-up so it was really i was really pleased to be able to perform at the comedy store it's the first time i'd been there as a performer um I've been to the comedy store lots of times as an audience member and I've seen some amazing comedy shows. They tend to get the UK's best stand-up comedians there. Uh, and the, the, the comedy store is basically the, the home of uh, stand-up comedy or sort of modern stand-up comedy uh, in Britain. And there's a, there's a, it's, it's a, there's a whole uh, episode to be done about the comedy store. There's a, a big story to tell basically that um, proper British stand-up as it is today really started out at the comedy store around the same time as like punk music was exploding in the UK or maybe even just just after punk happened in that period and stand-up was a sort of an underground alternative form of comedy Right, I mean, stand up, I guess, had already happened in the in the United States. We'd had sort of stand up in the UK with certain people like Billy Connolly or maybe even Jasper Carrot and um, who else? Um, a few other people, but really, it became what it is today at the Comedy Store at the end of the seventies and during the eighties. Uh, and um, so, when you go into the Comedy Store, there are photographs all over the walls of uh, the various comedians that they've had performing there. And you see photos of people like Robin Williams, who came to the Comedy Store in, during the 80s, and lo- mainly British stand-up comedians who uh, are my heroes, people like Steve Coogan, who is the guy uh, who um, uh, acts as Alan Partridge. Uh, he's performed there, and just everyone, basically. All the, all the people I've ever talked about, Tim Vine, Bill Bailey, Mickey Flanagan, uh, John Bishop, and, and all those people. So there are photos of them all over the walls. Alexi Sale, Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, all these people that you may or may not know, who, for me, are like my heroes, basically. So all their photos are all around the walls, and you you know you can just sense that this is where comedy magic happened over the years and there are also newspaper articles in in framed uh uh in picture frames on the walls telling the story of the comedy store and all that stuff so it's a really great place to be and it was very exciting for for paul and uh me to be backstage and also backstage they have like a a a whiteboard which is where they write the names of comedians that are going to be performing on the show and they write the names and the number of minutes next to each name and we were there like on Saturday afternoon and we saw the whiteboard for the previous night and there were names of famous comedians that we knew people like Ramesh Ranganathan and Dane Baptiste and people like that who uh, I don't know if you know them if you're into British stand-up comedy you must know 
Romesh uh, Ranganathan. He's a very big star at the moment. Uh, and so their names were written on the whiteboard. And so Paul and I were looking at the names thinking, oh, my God, like Romesh was here just last night. And so it was really exciting. The show went well. Um, it was lots of fun to do half an hour. It was a bit like doing uh, Sorry, We're English, which used to be... Uh, Sorry, We're English was the show that Paul and I used to do. This is before his career sort of um, went into overdrive. And he, he you know, he went off and did uh, like hashtag Franglais, his big stand-up show and all his TV work, which is totally great, you know. Um, that's not my trajectory. That's not the path I've chosen to take, but it's definitely what Paul set out to do and it's worked for him and it's brilliant. But we used to do, sorry, we're English, which was a two man show where I'd do half an hour and he'd do half an hour. And so, you know, we haven't done that for a few years now. So it was nice in a way to have a kind of sorry, we're English reunion, even though it wasn't labeled as that. Uh, it was nice to kind of do it again and, to it to do it at the comedy store it was just brilliant and the audience laughed and i had a good time and my brother was in the audience and i saw him and uh i met some lepsters after the show as well which was great like lepsters from different places people who'd encountered the podcast in different ways uh so it was very nice to to meet some of my audience it's always nice to meet uh my audience so uh if you are one of those people who i met then you know Nice one. Thanks for coming to the show. Very nice to meet you. And uh, maybe I'll see you again if uh, I do another show in London. You should come down to that one as well. Um, on the subject of British comedy, people keep telling me that they like the British comedy episodes. One of the people I met on Saturday told me that. Uh, they said that they particularly liked the episodes about British comedy and that they wanted me to do more. And I've had, you know, emails and comments from people a lot since I did the ones about Alan Partridge. How many did, episodes did I do? Was it three or four about Alan Partridge? I don't remember now. But I did a few. And since then, people have said to me, please do more. And I've had, like, a significant amount of uh, uh, comments and messages about that. So I do plan to do more episodes sort of dissecting uh, British comedy. Uh, I've got a whole list of things I want to do, different shows and comedians that I want to deal with, and more stuff on Alan Partridge as well. So I do plan to do more. I love doing those episodes. They just take a bit of time to prepare because... I can't do that unprepared because it's about explaining jokes and sort of giving you information before you listen to clips so that you can understand it properly. Because if I go into it unprepared, the chances are you won't understand it as well and therefore you won't enjoy it as much. It's, there's a fine art to doing it in a way. So uh, I do plan to do more of those episodes and I will in 2019. They just take a little bit of time to prepare. People also tell me that they like the storytelling episodes. And again, I plan to do more of those. Um, they take time as well. Uh, if I'm writing the stories myself, obviously, I've got to write the whole story before I record it. That takes time. But also, if it's, if it's other people's work, like I've, I've done a couple of times, just a couple of times, I've, written, I've read out sort of published stories. Try not to do that a lot. I'm a bit reluctant to read out other people's stories all the time because, well, they're not my stories, you know. But there are royalty-free stories that are in the public domain, which I can use, but they're not always perfect. You know, sometimes they're too long. They might have old-fashioned language, but we will see. Uh, there are some text 
based adventure stories that I can use. So anyway, there will be some more storytelling episodes. If you like my storytelling episodes, there are quite a few in the archive. And I think they're in two categories, I reckon. Maybe three categories, generally speaking. There aren't categories. It's too difficult to... Uh, organize my episodes by category on the website. It's just too complicated because often the episodes uh, cross over categories. You might One episode might be in multiple different categories, like you get some episodes that will have a bit of storytelling, have a bit of comedy, have a bit of grammar, have a bit of vocabulary. Sometimes they all mix up the categories. So it's too difficult. I'm sorry. My episodes are not exclusively about one thing. They're, they're about many things. So I can't organize it all by categories on the website. Instead, what you need to do is use like a, a clever search function, you know, like control F or command F on your computer and search by keywords uh, in my episode archive. And that will help you find, um, you know, the episodes you're looking for. But anyway, the storytelling episodes are in sort of several vague categories. Category one would be me telling a pre-written story written by me or written by another author. Okay, for example, the ones written by me would be the mystery story from episode 29 and the mystery continues from episode 30. The Hyde Park mystery story that I wrote, that's in the app. That's an app-only episode. If you check the app in the app-only episode's character, uh, character category, you'll find the Hyde Park mystery story in there. And also there's The Hitchhiker by Roald Dahl, which I read recently. And also A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I read that in episode 320. I adapted it slightly. You can hear that. If you're in the Christmassy mood and you want to hear me telling you a story, check out episode uh, 320. It's A Christmas Carol, a classic uh, story written by Charles Dickens. And also there were the Victorian detective online text adventure mystery stories that I've done on the podcast. Check out episodes 338, 339. And also 425 and 426 for those uh, online text adventure mystery stories. So that's like pre-written stories. Then category two is me telling a story which I'm making up on the spot, like improvised stories, which are usually quite stupid and comical. Like, for example, the Pink Gorilla story, of course, from episode 125 and the Pink Gorilla story two which is episode 400. Also, there's the Talking Dog story, episode 153. The Prawn story from episode 166. And also the Phrasal Verb Chronicles, parts one and two. I don't remember which numbers they are. But those are kind of stupid, made-up, improvised stories that are often a bit ridiculous and full of silly humour. And then category three is just episodes with some anecdotes and stories from my life. Uh, for example, usually the ones that, um, that I record about holiday or traveling experiences contain sort of stories about things that have happened to me. Uh, maybe check out episodes in the archive for traveling experiences or just search for the word anecdotes or story or stories in the title of episodes. So there are some storytelling episodes in the archive and in the app that you might not have heard and which you can check out. But I plan to do more of that kind of thing. My episodes have always been quite diverse and, I'm, uh, and I aim uh, to keep it that way. I've got more interviews with guests coming up in the future as well. Uh, feel free to send me your suggestions. If I think they are doable, 
uh, I will add them to the ever-growing to-do list. It's very easy to make a list. It's very easy to, for me to just put another idea in the list. Like, oh, yeah, I've got to do an episode about, I don't know, what would it be? Chimneys. Uh, <laughs> really, Luke? Chimneys? No, that's, I just thought of that now. But it's very easy. I mean, sometimes people write to me and say, Luke, I'm very interested. I'm a chimney sweep and it's my job to clean chimneys. And I'm fascinated by the language of chimneys. Could you do an episode about chimneys? And I'll be like, well, all right, I'll add it to the to-do. I'll add it to the list. It's very easy to add it to the list, but actually preparing the episode is another question. Um, So it's harder to make the episodes uh, actually happen. But uh, where there's a will, there's a way, I suppose. Also, do check out Luke's English Podcast Premium. There are about 23 episodes... Most of them are episodes, maybe a couple of videos now available, plus some phrasal verbs and more content coming every month. To sign up for Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. Okay, so uh, that's it. I expect to talk to you again in some form before the Christmas holidays. Um, We're going to the UK to spend a week at my parents' house. I've got no idea if I will get the chance to record anything with my family while we're there. Usually we do, but, I mean, it's only if we get the time. Uh, I'll see. Uh, You can expect more episodes to arrive in the new year, obviously. And hopefully at least one before Christmas, we will see. I've got a couple of days where I might be able to get something recorded, something Christmassy. Obviously, I celebrate Christmas. It's a a big deal where I am. I don't know about you. I know that I have listeners all around the world. Maybe Christmas isn't a thing for you. But, I mean, since I'm in the the land of Christmas right now, I mean, I've got a Christmas tree in the in the in the in the flat here. I'm not in the land of I'm not in Lapland, as we established, but I'm not just in Finland. Just it's Christmas. What are you going to do? I'm just going to go to Finland and just stand in the snow. Because that's that's Christmassy. Now I'm not literally in the land of Christmas. I just mean that um, uh, it's Christmas time where I am. So I'm naturally feeling Christmassy. So I might do some sort of Christmas-related thing uh, before uh, we go away uh, on holiday. So hopefully I'll speak to you again before Christmas. But if I don't, well, Merry Christmas. Have a great uh, uh, Yuletide season if you celebrate it. Uh, and uh, have a wonderful New Year as well. Uh, I think probably more people celebrate New Year's Eve. So whatever it is you're doing at the festive season, and I hope you have a great time. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And as I said, I hope that I'll I'll speak to you before uh, Christmas actually happens in some form. Okay, but for now, though, that's it. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.